Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Carl Gallups continues his look at the Yeshua Protocol, and Larry Stamm has some insight on effective evangelism for you and me. Thank you for being here today. Watchmen on the Wall is presented each day on almost 700 radio signals, as well as online at our website and as a podcast. We're excited to let you know that you can now access our program at the websites oneplace.com and sermonaudio.com. Expanding our reach on these brand new platforms is only possible because of you. Your prayers and financial support keep us going and allow us to introduce the truth of the gospel to brand new people every single day. Our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, comes now, welcoming back author Carl Gallups to the microphone, ready to share more details on the Yeshua Protocol. In our previous program, we were visiting with Carl Gallups, talking about his latest book, The Yeshua Protocol, An Explosion of Divine Revelation for Our Unique Generation. Now, there are two things about Carl Gallup's that we need to understand, his former law enforcement background and his passion for teaching the Word of God. In the opening word from the author, we read this, quote, I truly enjoy unraveling profound biblical mysteries that might aid the reader in pondering the cavernous depths of God's majesty as well as his eternal plan for our lives. Close quotes. Carl, I think that explains who you are. So thank you for being back with us on the show. I needed to read that before we started. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I want to make clear to your audience, I'm not one of these preachers that's always looking for the sensational so that I can take people on an adventure every time. And and you can get corny with all of that. I know. But, but I do have kind of investigator's mind, and I've been preaching the Word for 37 years, and now I've written 13 books, which has taken me deep into research, and that research begets research, and knowledge begets knowledge. But God's Word says He delights when we search Him out that way. And so I tell people, I am not a sensationalist, I know. but I say a lot of sensational things because God's Word <laughs> says a lot of sensational Blows things. Blows your mind, right? If you do the research, you'll find a lot of sensational things are backed up by a right. lot of sensational facts. Right. I think this is very important because a lot of millennials today, a lot of young people, and we love them. But they think the Bible is boring. They think, well, they've got to play with their device or they've got to look at a sci-fi movie. The Bible has more exciting things, more mind-blowing things, will challenge your intellectual abilities. Get into the Word of God. It's so wonderful. Let's talk about Messianic Rabbi Zev Parat and his Chinese wife, Leon. They've employed a very creative way of getting a Jewish person to think deeply on Isaiah 53. That's the forbidden chapter. Y'all printed Hebrew on a flyer. People thought it was an advertisement for a Chinese restaurant. But then people would read it and say, what is this? Are you guys Christians? Tell us about that and how that's a tremendous tool. Rabbi Zev Parat. His father was a rabbi, his grandfather was a rabbi, his great-grandfather was a rabbi. They were connected to the Benjamin Netanyahu government. Zev's been connected to the high ups in the military, the Israeli Defense Forces. He went to a Sanhedrin rabbi school to be a Sanhedrin rabbi, graduated, got the certificate. In the midst of all of this, he finds Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, as Lord and Savior. 
He becomes this great evangelist. He was born and raised in Israel, speaks Hebrew as his first language, speaks English beautifully. He and I connected 10 years ago through an absolutely miraculous situation. We shouldn't even know each other. But now not only do we know each other, but we're deeply involved in ministry. I have access to a lot of things that happen in his life, and that's why a part of this is in this book. Rabbi Zev, I'll call him, is married to a Chinese woman. She's born and raised in China, speaks Mandarin Chinese as her first language. She's also speaking Hebrew with her husband. She also speaks English. I mean, very intelligent woman. He speaks all three languages. He's extremely intelligent. These are great people. So what they do is a lot of visitors from China come to Israel every year. Well, some of them either know Lynn personally or know of her because her whole family's back in China, a lot of them in the underground church. And so they come to Israel, and they devised this method of witnessing that's just mind-blowing. They took Isaiah 53, which is the forbidden chapter, and I've got a lot written in there with a lot of documented examples of rabbis, Jewish people, and Christians who know for a fact, scholars, that this is forbidden. The rabbis will not teach this chapter and will not recite from it. Most of them won't. And if they do, they try to explain away the presence of Jesus there. I mean, the piercing and the striping of his back and the crucifixion and being buried with a rich man, but yet seeing the light of life again and coming back from the dead, ruling the nations. I mean, it's all there, and they don't want the Jewish people to see it. Why? Well, here's an example. So when Lynn's friends came to Israel, all of them Chinese, the Israeli people, Zeb says, love. Chinese food and love when a new Chinese restaurant opens. They love to go to it. So they got out on the sidewalks of Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. They took Isaiah 53, took all of the references to it. They don't call it Isaiah 53. They just print the text in modern Hebrew and they put it on a flyer that's all decorated up. They don't say that it's a Chinese restaurant or anything like that, but the people assume When they're out there handing them out on the sidewalk, they see all these Chinese people handing out a flyer. That's how they open a new Chinese restaurant. They'll do that. So they'll take the flyer. Zev and his wife and all those people, those Chinese folks, were out there all day long, and they were handing out these hundreds and hundreds of flyers. And Zev tells a story of how they gave all these out. And dozens of people would stop and would read it, and some people just threw it in the garbage, some people kept on going, put it in their pocket, but some of them, dozens of them, over the day, read it, turned around and came back to Zev and Lynn sporadically throughout the day, and paraphrasing, this is what they said to them. They walked up to them angry and said, we thought this was a flyer for a Chinese restaurant, but this is Christian literature, and we're going to report you to the authorities. You guys are distributing Christian literature. Are you a bunch of Christians? And Zev would say, yes, I'm a Christian, but actually that's not Christian literature as you're defining it. And they said, well, what is it? It's about this Jesus fellow. And he says, it's interesting you would say that. It comes right out of the Tanakh, the Hebrew word for Old Testament. It comes right from the prophet Isaiah, and they are dumbfounded. They say, what do you mean? And he's got a Hebrew Tanakh with him. He opens it to Isaiah 53, and they read the very same words, and they are astonished. 
astounded. They're saying, how come we didn't know this was in our Bible? Amen. Well, they don't know. Some of your listeners are saying, well, how can they not know the Word of God? The same way 90% of Christians don't know. <laughs> right. They don't ever bring their Bibles to church. They listen to a preacher preach four or five verses, talking about how, you know, six ways to have a better life, and then they go home. And that's all they know about the Bible. They don't know the right. deep connections to everything, right. just like the Hebrew people don't, because the rabbis don't tell them. They don't teach them. They don't even preach this chapter. They pretend like it's not there. And so most of the Jewish people don't even know it's there. Yet, when they see it totally separated from the Bible, they immediately think it's about Jesus. Right. Now, how can that be, Larry? <laughs> It's very clear. Well, Rabbi Tobiah Singer is an Orthodox Jew. He has his own pet interpretation of Isaiah 53. But didn't the ancients, like the respected Rabbi Rashi, say it refers to the Messiah? Absolutely. Isn't and that I've amazing? Got other examples. <laughs> yeah, and I even talk about Tobiah Singer in this book. That's the thing about this book is that I even include opposing views of things. Yes. And then I go through and try to show how I believe they are incorrect. The reader doesn't have to agree with me, but I want the book to be integrity-filled. I right. want it, you want to, it be to be fair, and you yeah, are fair. fair. Yes. I wanted to talk a little bit about Daniel chapter 12, and I'll let you explain it. But where it says that the knowledge shall increase, what do you think are the chances of finding the word computer in that location and connecting with that sentence, a word that didn't even exist for more than 1,500 years. And I've got the chart right in front of me. So tell us about that prophecy. Knowledge is indeed increasing. And guess what? The modern Hebrew word that, of course, Daniel probably didn't know is in the text. In our last program, we talked about ELS, equidistance letter spacing. And and at the protocol, that's why the word protocol is there, the scientific, mathematical, linguistic protocol for properly using that computer program written for the purpose of exploring the multi-dimensions of the Word of God. And yes, it is multi-dimensional, obviously. And it can be explored if the proper protocols are followed. There have been some amazing discoveries. You cannot use it as a Ouija board or a crystal ball. It's not there to tell the future. And I've got a whole section of how one of the guys that wrote one of the original books got off into that. He was not a believer in the first place. He was just fascinated by what was being discovered. And he thought he had found a crystal ball. But yet he went off into the deep dark. Well, I do not do that. You do not do that. We only deal with the protocol, the proper protocol. Therefore, the name of the book, Yeshua Protocol. But yes, yeah, so I took that passage in Daniel 12:4, which had already been done through this ELS system, but it became very personal to me. And I read that book. I saw it with my own eyes. I don't speak Hebrew as my first language. I have a master's degree in Hebrew language and understanding, and I know how to research it, but I don't speak it. But I saw it, and I'm thinking, gosh, I believe the guy that wrote it. I mean, New York Times, it's by a major publisher. The guy can't be lying, but i got to find somebody that can tell me this. Well, it so happens that my wife and I went on a trip to Israel. I became very good friends with the tour guide who was deeply involved in the military IDF and connected again to government officials. And he and I became very good friends. He's totally Hebrew. I'm totally American. But yet I've read this book, and I'm fascinated. I got him into my home when he came to America after our trip for business, but he came to my home because we had made such good friends. 
I sat him down on the couch. I said, his name's Dan. I said, I, I got to show you something here, brother. I said, I want you to look at this. I said, I'm not going to tell you who wrote it. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about, but it's filled with Hebrew. I want you to look at it. So I took him to the section of Daniel chapter 12 about in those days men will run to and fro over the face of the earth and knowledge will increase. Well, I do a deep study of that in my book, and I show how that is a prophecy about the exponential explosion of communication and transportation technology in the last days that will mark the last days. I prove that through a detailed word study, and it's backed up by scholars. So I'm showing this friend of mine this passage, and I said, read this in Hebrew. And he does, and he says, well, that's from the book of Daniel. He says, it's hard to read, because in the program, it takes all the punctuation and spaces and all that out of the grammar. It just puts letters. But you can see the words. And so he sees them. He says, yeah, that's from Daniel. I know this. It's from Daniel. And he reads it out, and sure enough, he's got it. I said, all right, let me turn the page and show you another chart. I turn the page, and the ELS program has been used on that just to see what might be lying there. And he stops, and he gets upset. He says, what is this? Where did you get this? And he grabs the book like he's going to take it out of my hand. He says, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll show you later. I'll tell you everything. But right now, I just need you to verify. So this is Daniel 12. He said, yes. And I said, in these letters that are circled at equidistance letter spacing through that text, they run through Daniel 12, right? He said, yes, it's connected to Daniel 12. And I said, okay, and what does it say? He says, it says it'll be done with computers. Right. <laughs> and he was freaking out. He said, how is this possible? And I said, well, actually, it was a computer program that found that. Yes. And the verse says, the last days, there will be a technology explosion which will cause revelations of the scroll being opened, the Word of God being right. opened. And he said, this is unbelievable. He said, but not for the reasons you're saying. He said, i got to tell you, the Hebrew word for computer is right here in Daniel 12, right. Right. but that word was not invented until the 1950s when <laughs> computers were first coming out. Fantastic. Daniel could not have done that. Nobody could have done that and attached it to that verse, which was found by using a computer. Mm. It's, it's <laughs> mind-blowing, I know. <laughs> I told him, I said, you've just nailed it, brother. You've just nailed it. This is what's happening in our days. Larry. Yes. Well, you know, I get to read a lot of books, and I must say your book here has just been very exciting, very exciting. In fact, you quote the English philosopher Francis Bacon. He said, and this proficiency in navigation and discoveries may plant also an expectation of the further proficiency and augmentation of all science. For so the prophet Daniel, speaking of the latter times, foretelleth. That's a quote from your book, page 91. So people like Francis Bacon and then your friend, it's just everywhere. And you know what I really see coming upon us? The Bible speaks about Israel in the last days, a great revival, Romans chapter 11. It will be like life from the dead. I see God using these fantastic discoveries in the Word of God that point to Yeshua HaMashiach as leading many, many, maybe thousands of Jews to the Savior. And that's going to be a glorious time. And I'm looking forward to that. And I think the work you've been doing and your friend Yuri Mendel, I think his name is, and Zev Parat are all adding to this increase of knowledge that's going to lead to the glorification of the Lord Jesus Christ as our God and our Savior. I do too, brother, and thank you. I pray the Lord uses this book. But whether he uses 
this book or not is not important. The fact is, these things are now being made known to the world. A lot of it's being made known through my book, but I quote other people in here, like the scientists and the ELS program and the DNA research and all of this. And so all I'm doing is cataloging basically what's already out there that has never been cataloged like this before. So it's going to the world, and now we're living in the world of computers and Internet, and there's instantaneous communication information systems only in our lifetime that they've been invented. So this knowledge is literally going to the entire planet 24-7. So, brother, we're getting close. We're getting close. This is what Daniel... And Jesus talked about. Yeah, Matthew twenty four fourteen. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for a testimony to all nations, and then shall the end come. And here it's going to all nations, even us. I know we're picked up in China and other parts of the world. They're yep, listening. You're part of it. I make the point in the book that when Jesus is talking about that, he quotes Daniel several times in that whole dialogue of Matthew 24. And not just Daniel, he refers the readers to go read Daniel, and not just Daniel, But Daniel chapter 12, he actually quotes, and I've got this in the book, directly out of Daniel chapter 12, and then he says, and the inference is, in the last days, this gospel of the kingdom will be being, and that is an active Greek sentence there, will be being preached into all the world. Well, he's talking about the last days, so Jesus has to be talking about our day and further. And so when you look... It is being preached in the whole world 24-7, which Jesus had to have known. He's the one that set it in motion, and that's what he was talking about. And he was referring back to Daniel 12, which actually says that. So that's the kind of things I do in my book is connect the scriptures so that we can be in awe of the days in which we're living. Amen. Well, I think when I first wrote to you, I think I said something like, your book is an epic-making book. You've done so much to stimulate interest in Bible prophecy, and a lot of people think, well, Bible prophecy is only for kooks and freaks and so forth. It's not. Like I say, this is a tremendous, tremendous book. Carl, I want to thank you. You've certainly put a monumental effort into researching your book, The Yeshua Protocol. Brother, thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you for your encouraging words and all praise and glory to Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ and Lord. Thank you. Yes, friends, the Yeshua Protocol does speak of an explosion of divine revelation for our unique generation. You really want to have this in your hand. There's so many things to check out. Look, read, underline, flip the pages. Tremendous information. Both days of Carl Gallup's presentation on the Yeshua Protocol are now available on CD when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Today's featured resource is the Yeshua Protocol, Carl Gallup's latest eye-popping book. It's available right now at swrc.com or by calling 1-800-652-1144. The Yeshua Protocol will take you on an amazing journey through the scriptures, archaeology, science, technology, and biblically connected historical truths. Order your copy of the Yeshua Protocol by Carl Gallups today. Call 1-800-652-1144. Larry Stam comes now to share some help in sharing our faith in an effective way. (music) 
Shalom, friends. Larry Stam here. So glad you are joining us as we continue this series, Serving in His Court, Biblical Principles for Personal Evangelism from the Heart of a Coach. Last time we introduced the gospel message, talking a little bit about what the gospel is not. We said the gospel is not our own story, although we also mentioned our testimony is an important and critical part of our Christian witness. We also said the gospel is not a bed of roses. We need to be careful about presenting the reality and cost of the gospel and following Jesus Christ when we're sharing with people. And finally, we said the gospel is not a self-help tool. Jesus is not a panacea for all our ills, just the answer to our greatest need, the need to be forgiven and reconciled to the living God. We spoke last time about what the gospel is, the foundation of the gospel found in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. The word of God states, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. What I'd like to do now is just unpack the three main components of the gospel message according to this 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 passage. Those three components are substitutionary atonement, Christ died for our sins, resurrection, and that he rose again the third day, and then according to the scriptures. So those are the three main components of the gospel according to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. Substitutionary atonement, resurrection according to the scriptures. And when I'm teaching Jewish roots of the Christian faith, and by the way, if you want to check out more about Larry Stam Ministries, I encourage you to go to larrystam.org where you can learn more about evangelism equipping, also more about Jewish roots. In this lesson and in the next lesson or so, I do want to talk about the gospel in the Old Testament because if you remember this pithy catchphrase, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed, I want to talk to you briefly about the whole counsel of God because when Paul writes to the church in Corinth and he says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. What scriptures was Paul referring to? That's right. He was referring to the Old Testament, also known as Tanakh, an acronym for religious Jews of the Torah, the prophets, and the writings. It's also called the Old Testament. It's also called the Hebrew scriptures or the Jewish Bible. So we therefore should be able to find these concepts of substitutionary atonement and resurrection in the Old Testament. If you remember also in Matthew chapter 5, the first time Jesus ever spoke in public, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets I've come to fulfill. Before I unpack the gospel a bit from the Old Testament, I want us to understand gospel means good news, and we get that. But also understand that the gospel is good news based on bad news. Our sharing of the gospel must include both. 
For example, in Jeremiah 17, 9, the word of God says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Ecclesiastes 7.20, the word of God says, There is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. Romans 3.23 states, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then finally, the bad news contrasted with the good news found in Romans 6.23, where the word of God says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's message of redemption, and by the way, that word redemption means to be purchased back out of slavery. In the Hebrew scriptures, in the Old Testament, we think of redemption primarily in a physical sense. Remember, God redeemed Israel out of physical bondage in Egypt during the Passover in the Exodus story, if you remember. New Testament redemption found in Jesus Christ is primarily spiritual in nature. I want to share with you from Luke 24, highlighting the reality that Jesus used the opportunity to witness about himself from the Old Testament. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to turn with me to Luke chapter 24. You remember Jesus on the road to Emmaus. There's Cleopas and the other disciple. The resurrected Jesus appears to them as they're walking. They do not recognize him. They have a conversation. They are really distressed and disturbed because Jesus has been crucified. And although the tomb was empty, although there were women who testified that he was arisen, they didn't believe. And they're interacting with Jesus now. And he takes the opportunity to witness to them from the scriptures. Luke 24, 27 states, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them and all the scriptures the things concerning himself. It's a very interesting passage where Jesus is expounding unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. What scriptures? The Bible doesn't tell us exactly, but perhaps he was sharing scriptures that talked about the substitutionary atonement and resurrection of Messiah, which we are going to talk about next time. And finally, I'll leave you with this. Later on in Luke 24, the Bible says, Jesus quoting the Old Testament, he says, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ or Messiah to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Again, Jesus saying, thus it is written. Written where? Written in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, the Jewish Bible. In Luke 24, verses 44 through 46, check it out on your own. Jesus says, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ or Messiah to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Friends, next time we're going to continue talking about substitutionary atonement and resurrection according to the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. Until next time, friends, the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Shalom. Larry Stamm's complete look at personal evangelism is captured in his book, Serving in His Court, available today when you call 1-800-652-1144 or by visiting swrc.com. Our resource spotlight today is on Carl Gallup's new book, The Yeshua Protocol. 
the Yeshua Protocol, will take you on an amazing journey through the scriptures, archaeology, technology, science, and biblically connected historical truths. Order your copy of the Yeshua Protocol by Carl Gallups when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Lord willing, we'll be back here Monday, ready to once again bring clarity to the chaos. Don't miss a moment of Watchmen on the Wall. Download our SWRC mobile app or subscribe to our daily Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Head into the weekend, my friends, with the encouragement that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Visit swrc.com.